0: So let's pray before we read John chapter 3. Jesus, it is all about you. We love to worship you. We exalt you this morning. We thank you that you have broken in on our lives. We thank you that you've stepped down from heaven. Lord, that's what we've read already in John, that you were with the Father in glory, but you stepped down that the light might break into this dark world. And we are so grateful. Lord, we thank you that your light has broken into our lives. Lord, we thank you that you've rescued us. We thank you that you've poured your mercy and your grace upon us. We thank you that you've made us a family and now you dwell amongst us by your spirit, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work amongst us as your people this morning. Lord, please stir our hearts. Please Uh, quicken us as you speak to us. Please, may we hear your voice, Lord Jesus, speaking by your Spirit this morning, Lord, that we might be awakened, stirred, enlivened, equipped, Lord, to be the people that you called us to be. Father, I pray that you would help me. Lord, make your Word come alive to us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that that's what you do. Lord, breathe on this Word Change us this morning. It's been said already, Lord, we don't want to go away the same. Transform our hearts, Father, we pray. For your glory, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom might come in, in greater measure, with greater evidence amongst us and overflowing from us, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, John chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 22. You remember last week Callum talked to us um, the story of Nicodemus um, and what it means to be born again, to have this new life that God has broken into our lives with, with forgiveness and mercy so that we might be born again, that we might have eternal life with God, that we might live forever as part of his family called children of God. What an amazing privilege Not only did we hear about what it was to be born again last week, actually some people were born again in our midst. How exciting is that? And yeah, yeah, nice little sedate clap there. Very good, well done. Um, No, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? And it is our hope and our belief and our expectation that actually there's a bit of momentum about this and actually there's something that God wants to do increasingly. Uh, amongst us, but we'll come back to that. Let's read John chapter three, shall we? After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Aeon near Salem because water was plentiful there and people were coming and being baptized for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification And they came to John and they said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, that is Jesus, look, he's baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And that is the call that goes out from us again this morning, every time we gather these days, that we want to say whoever believes in the son, whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. Jesus from heaven has stepped into this world. The light has broken into the darkness. Amen. And a way has been made for us who were utterly in the dark, without hope without life, without a future, for us to know God, for us to be included in his family. John chapter one, where we started, said to give us the right to become children of God, that we actually might be included in this amazing relationship amongst the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are God. We've been included by the By the mercy of God, we've been included, drawn into that. Now we're part of his family, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. What an amazing privilege to know that love and to know that life and to have that hope for all of eternity that we've been drawn in because of his mercy. His light has broken into the darkness. Amen? That's exciting, isn't it? And again, this morning, we want to give the opportunity to say, if you have not yet put your faith in Jesus, if you do not yet know that your sin, your rebellion against God, your going your own way has been forgiven, then come to Jesus this morning and put your faith in him. We want to keep giving that opportunity. We believe that's what we're about in these days increasingly, is to declare that Jesus has come, that Jesus has made a way for our uh, for our doing life on our own, without God, for ignoring God, for that to be forgiven, for us to have hope again, for us to have relationship with God restored. And I wanna invite you, if you haven't yet made that step, then don't go away this morning without doing that. The passage before us makes clear that there's no, there's no sitting on the fence in this. Either you've put your faith in God or you, you're not and you're in the darkness And there's no hope, and this life is the end of things. But actually, there's a choice to be made. Jesus has stepped in, and each one of us needs to make that choice. Will we put our faith in Jesus? Will we receive the forgiveness of sin? Will we follow him? Will we accept his invitation to become part of his family and know all the blessing that comes from a God who who made us, knows us, and loves us? So I want to invite you again, if you haven't yet made that step, put your faith in Jesus this morning. Come and talk to us about that. But this morning, we have another little insight. Uh, You'll have seen some of the um, echoes of the first chapter of John as we read this this, uh, part at the end of chapter three, that Jesus has come from above that we have this opportunity to know life. But also there's this, uh, there's this recap about the person of John the Baptist who came to make a way for Jesus. And there's a really interesting uh, little picture for us here that tells us something of what it is to get involved in Jesus's kingdom, to what it is to get involved in Jesus's family. Because it's not just that our sins have been forgiven. It's not just that we have eternal hope and now we get on with life. Actually, God's plan in creation has now uh, been made possible once again that we, as human beings, begin to reflect God's glory. We begin to reflect His image again. As we're born again, His power, His life comes into us and we begin to display. In all the places that God has put us, who God is. His life is in us. And the idea is that we display it, we shine, that his fullness goes out into the world through this changed people, through this people who've been born again. And there's a lovely little picture here of John who knows that he has a part in this plan. He knows that he's been given something from heaven to to do. He knows he's of the earth, it says. He knows he's weak and frail. He knows he's only human. But he also knows that in the schemes and purposes of God, he's got a job to do. His job is quite a specific one, is to make way for Jesus. is to baptize, to prepare the way for Jesus to come. But here's an interesting little verse in Matthew chapter 11, when Jesus is talking About John the Baptist. And Jesus says this Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Okay, so John the Baptist, who had this amazing role of making way, preparing the way for Jesus to come, Jesus says of him later on, The one who is least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. And you know, the reality is that each one of us, however great or small we might think we are in God's kingdom, now that we've been born again, has a part to play in God's great plan to extend his kingdom, to make all things new throughout creation. Do you believe that? That actually, as we've been born again, we've been given a job to do. That we're part of the plan now. Jesus stepped down, Life has come, new birth has come. But now from heaven are jobs for each of us to do. In the places where God has put us, in the streets where God has has placed us, in the families that he's put us amongst, with the relationships that he's given to us, in the places that we work. As Emily said earlier, every day, in every situation, the idea now is that we shine with the truth of God that we bring praise to him by the way that we live, that we obey, that we're faithful to him, that we live the way that he's designed us to live and and so display his glory on a Monday morning in the workplace with the person we're serving who seems that they don't even realize that's what we're doing, with the kids when they're being a nuisance again. God has a plan that we, by being faithful to him, would begin to display wherever we are, on every day of the week, in every situation, who he is. And so his kingdom begins to advance. And you see, John has seen this. John the Baptist, he got it. He knew he had something to do from heaven. He was really clear on it. But equally, he was clear on what he wasn't given to do as well. So amongst his disciples, there were lots of people who were saying, but everybody's going to Jesus. Don't don't you want them to come to you? Don't you want to be the successful one? But you see, John is so secure in the job that God has given him to do. It doesn't matter. That's what they're meant to do. I was only here to prepare the way. They're meant to go to Jesus. I've done the bit that I've been faithful to the thing that heaven gave me to do. He says, doesn't he, you can only a person Cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. Amen. And what I want to uh, what I want to put before us this morning is a call to that kind of security in what God has given us to do. Because it's amazing, isn't it? I think so often we're like John the Baptist's disciples. So often we we uh, jostle for. The things that God has given us to do, or we want to succeed in the world's terms, or or we compete with one another. Either that, or we don't actually recognize that there's something in us that God might want to use. But John has got it clear. He says, "All you can do is the thing that from heaven that God has given you to do, and God has put you." in places, he's put you in workplaces, he's put you in families, he's put you in streets, he's put you in relationships, where all you've gotta do is be faithful to what what God is doing in you, to tell what you know, to display his love, to share his compassion, to be faithful to him in the places that God's put you. No more than that, God might have put desires in your hearts, different ones of us will have been given different things that we get passionate about, Different ones of us have been given different dreams to fulfill, different ones of us have got things that get us excited in terms of the, the kingdom, but all we've gotta do, like John the Baptist, is be faithful to the thing that God has called us to do in the place where he's put us. And But it's not about church, it's not about platforms, it's not about f- the front, it's not about leading, this is about every day in the places that don't get noticed with the places where we're not thanked, where it feels like nobody's looking, but God sees everyone. And all he calls is that will you be faithful to the thing that I've given you to do, the thing from heaven, that's all you're asked to do. And what I wanna do this morning is I wanna call us as God's people, as God's family to say, Let's not look at one another. Let's not be worried about what somebody else is doing. Let's not feel like I have to preach like Callum did last week or or what Zeke did the week before. This has been so helpful to me this week. All I've got to do is be faithful to the thing that God has given me to do and do it in the way that he's given me to do it. And that's the same with you. And that's the same with you. Amen? And so often I think that we write ourselves off. We think we're not good enough. We think we're, that, that God hasn't really given us. That what, what could he have given me to do? I'm in this situation. Maybe I'm just looking after the kids every day, day in, day out. Nobody's noticing. Nobody's saying thank you. It's hard work. Maybe I'm caring for someone. And it goes on and it goes on. And it doesn't seem to change anything. But actually in that, if you're doing it faithfully to Jesus, what a powerful thing that is. And actually, you are displaying the kingdom of God. You are displaying God in your world. You don't know who's noticing. Certainly, God is noticing. I want to say everything that you do in obedience, everything that you do faithfully wanting to serve Jesus, everything that you do, maybe sometimes not knowing why, but just knowing that that's what God's told you to do, God's delight is over you, just like it was on John, uh, over John the Baptist. He's not asking you to do the same thing as anybody else, just to be faithful to the thing that he's called you to do, amen? We're all in different places, we're all in different relationships, and you know the key to this? Two things that we learn from John the Baptist right here. One is that we need to hear the voice of the bridegroom, right? So Jesus is the bridegroom in this picture that John's talking about. And he says, my joy is complete because I've heard the bridegroom's voice. I've heard Jesus's voice. And that's the call to each one of us, to be faithful in the places that God's put us, is to listen for his voice so that we know what he wants us to do. Amen? So that we know who he wants us to serve, so that we know what he wants us to say to people. So that, he know, so that we know how he wants us to love. So that we know on Monday morning what it is that he's got for us to do that day. What is the thing that heaven has given you to do? Because you've heard the bridegroom's voice. Because you're in touch enough with Jesus to know, oh, this is what he's doing and this is how I'm faithful to him. Amen? And that's the call to us, to be faithful in the smallest things and the big things, to be faithful with our gifts and the times when it feels like our gift's not being recognized. To be faithful when nobody's noticed, but to keep listening for Jesus's voice saying, go here, talk to this one, pray for that one, bless this one, take care over here. Amen? That's the call. That's being faithful to the thing that heaven has given us to do, like John the Baptist. And here's the test of whether it's working. Success isn't about whether somebody else has noticed. Success isn't whether it seems like you're doing better than somebody else, or there seems to be recognition, or it feels good. Success, in John the Baptist's terms, is Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Amen? That was the message from John the Baptist. And I think that's how we know in the places that God has put us, advancing the kingdom as he's called us to, is Jesus getting more and am I getting less? Because I don't know about you, but I take a lot of baggage into the situations that I go into, right? But God is calling us to grow in him. He's calling us to listen to the master's voice. It's not just about putting our faith in him and then getting on with life. It's actually growing as disciples, learning to hear his voice so that in the dark places, in the challenging places, in the stuck places, Jesus is increasing and I'm getting less and the things that hold me back are decreasing. Amen? That's our aim, that Jesus would increase and so that his kingdom would advance and so that as the people of God... as we we go about our daily, daily lives, in all the ordinariness of that, actually, his kingdom is advancing. Actually, the plan is being worked out. Actually, the fullness of Jesus is being seen, bit by bit, is flowing out into the world, reflecting who he is, sharing his glory. And that was the plan. We're back on plan. I've got... I don't know about you, but I've got incredible hope about the church, about the people of God, about a people who are being faithful to Jesus' call to do the things that he's put in front of them. That's the plan. There isn't any other plan. Amen? Some of you, some of us, can't see the thing that we've got to give. Can't see how we could be part of God's plan. Can't see the, the difference, maybe, that we're making. And this, this poem from Gerald Kelly is for you. We believe every human being has a worth worth seeing. Every name is a sound worth saying. Your potential, a prayer worth praying. You see coal, God sees diamonds. We believe in the grace of the gifts God gives, His breath in everything that lives. Greater gifts to be discovered, deep in you, disguised, dust covered. You see coal, God sees diamonds. We see God seeking a servant generation, kindness as the kindling to kickstart transformation, love as liberation of a captive creation. We are digging for the diamonds God sees. And you know what we're called to as church, as God's family, is to bring the diamonds out of one another. It's to speak into one another the purposes that God has is to recognise the gifts and the personalities and the things that God might be doing in one another. One of the great joys of doing belong over the last few months as we've gathered round tables and we've got to know one another and we've talked about what it means to be part of God's family, what it means to be part of this family here and we've heard one another's stories and we've, we've begun to discover some of the things that make us tick and what we're passionate about and the things that we're gifted in and the things that get us excited we've begun to see God's purposes and, the, and the, the gifts from heaven begin to be unlocked and to begin to be worked. It's only the beginning, but as church, as God's people, we're called to draw this out of one another. We're called to draw the things out of one another that God has put in, that his glory might be seen in all the places that we go and all the things that we do. Amen? And so we're to be those who believe in one another. We're to be those who call out the gold, see the diamonds, encourage, speak truth, draw out gifts, release dreams in one another that God's people might be all that he's intended, that his fullness might be seen more, uh, more evidently as we go about our daily lives, that he might continue increasingly accelerating this plan to make all things new through his people, through those who have been made new, through those who've been born again, through those to whom life has come from heaven and now it spreads out. The Father sent the Son. He came from above. He stepped into the world of darkness. The Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit sends the church to shine with all the gifts and all the things that God's put in us. Amen? Let's be about encouraging and calling that out of one another and believing it in ourselves, wherever we're found, not just here. This is a niche occupation, right, on a Sunday morning. Most of the time, we're in other places with other people, but Jesus wants us to be faithful and full of him and doing, listening to his voice and doing the thing that he's given us, gifted us from heaven, from heaven, part of heaven's plan. I want you to see that. I want you to see the, the dignity of this, that heaven has a plan that you work out in your ordinary life, even when you think it's not happening, if you're faithful to the voice of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And the good news of the second part of this passage is that we're not left to do it on our own. But actually, we're filled with the Spirit of God that we might be able to do the things that God has given us to do. So the Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit that we might be awakened, enlivened, equipped in every part of our lives to shine with Jesus' truth and love and wisdom and compassion to the world around. So we get to verse 34 of chapter three, which is a tricky little verse. For he whom God sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. So is it the father who gives the spirit without measure or is it Jesus who gives the spirit without measure? I had to consult with Callum on this during the week. And he was faithful to what he's been given from heaven. And now hopefully I'm going to be faithful with what I've been given from heaven. Because of course both is true. The father did give the spirit to the son so that as he walked the earth, he might be able to do the things that God had given him to do in the power of the spirit but also the Bible tells us all through the book of John in different places that Jesus fills us with the Spirit. How is it described? Like rivers of living water, amen? That we might be able to reflect and display who Jesus is wherever we go. So let's jump ahead, snatch a couple of verses from whoever's preaching from chapter seven in a few months, On the last day of the feast, this is chapter seven, John, verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit. There's nothing stingy about this, amen? Rivers of living water, that's what's on offer filled with the Spirit to do the things that God's called us and gifted us to do in the ordinary places and the unseen places and the relationships and the streets and the families where we are day to day. Rivers of living water as we listen to his voice as we're filled with his Spirit. There's something extravagant about it. There's something a bit messy about it, if I'm honest. Who was caught in the school run on, on Thursday morning when it was absolutely pouring with rain and every bit of hill looked like a river? I walked from my house to here in that 20-minute period. I picked it exactly right. I got soaked, and it felt like every path was a river. But, and it was messy, but it was abundant, right? Right? And there's a little river down there that I love because it, it, it reflects what's going on in the weather. Sometimes it's, there's nothing, there's a little dribble. And other times, like last Thursday, it's like overflowing the banks and it's so cool. Get excited about little things. <laughs> but listen, rivers of living water is what's promised flowing from us. The spirit without measure, that we might be equipped to do the things that heaven has given us to do in every part of our lives. Amen. And I believe this is a season well every season is to go after this. But I believe this is what God wants to put before us in these days. We're beginning to see one or two people are getting saved in a way that we haven't seen for a little while. Hallelujah. We saw the, uh, the other week, earlier in January, we had a crowd of people here, I don't know if you're here, praying for healing. We had one testimony, Norma, that morning. But there's other stories to be told, actually, God is at work. And you know what? I think it's time for us to believe what we read in scripture about rivers of living water, that we might fulfill the plan that God has got, that we might do the things that heaven has given us to do in the power of God. And, but do you know what? We've gotta be like John the Baptist and not worry about what anybody else is doing, not care about what it might look like, but just do the thing that, God, that, is, that we're being faithful to God on, right, the thing that he's given us to do. Full of the Spirit. So that means being filled with the Spirit. That means being faithful in praying. That means going after God for gifts and for his promises, that we might see more. There's more to see, isn't there? Who thinks there's more to see when they read about rivers of living water? Can we go after that together? Can we ask God for it? Can we believe him for it? I, I'm, not, I'm not happy to settle for what we're seeing right now. I don't know about you. Um, but there's little hints. It's like the cloud, the little cloud on the horizon when we see someone getting saved. Or we see someone getting healed. And I don't know what that does in you. But in me it says, right, let's go after God for more. Because I see it promised in scripture. Amen? Amen? So I wanna call us to that in these days. I found, a, I, I, at the prayer meeting the other week, I read a prophetic word from a lady called Janet Brand Hollis. You might remember when she was here. It was four or five years ago. Uh, and this is good. She said this, there's gonna, she's a, 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 works a, a lot around our churches. Um, there's gonna be an open heaven over this church. This is what she said when she came to Gateway. This is, I'm taking hold of this. I see that God is going to establish in each one of your hearts just that knowing this is the place. And that doesn't mean this building. That means us as God's people, right? That expectancy that God has got his hand on this house, this family, and you're building in the right direction. There's gonna come such a steadiness and such a strength among you. And I just see from time to time that God is gonna add people, send them from other networks, ministers to put another brick in the wall to help consolidate and build this house. I just see it. You really are gateway. You're a gateway to Swindon. You're a gateway for healing. You're a gateway for deliverance. You're gonna know the fullness of the Spirit of God. It's not gonna happen all at once, but I just see a steady building. Do you know what? I'm taking hold of that. I believe God for that. Rivers of living water, the the, the Bible says, will come for us. The Spirit without measure, that we might be faithful, that in every place that God puts us, we might be able to do the things that heaven has given us to do day in, day out, in the boring places, in the not recognized places. Can we ask God for that together? Can we believe God for that together? God is in the business of making all things new. There's only one one plan, there's only one vehicle for that, and that's his people. Born again, filled with the Spirit, full of his life, life in its fullness, overflowing, faithful, even in the difficult circumstances, even when it feels like nothing's happening, but listening for his voice, being filled with his Spirit that his kingdom might come in greater measure. And there's a, I think there's a confidence to come in us, that this is what, that we've got a part in this. Like John knew, he knew he had a part to play, he knew what it was. And every single one of us has a part. Nobody gets saved and just sits on a pew. While we're here, we've got a job to do. Filled with the Spirit, displaying who he is wherever we go in unseen, unseen ways, in spoken ways, not, not spoken ways, by the things that we do. I'd love to pray for us, we've got a few minutes. Let me invite some, some people just to respond right now so that we can pray. If you're one of those people who feels like, I, you know, I just can't see where God is working through me. I just can't see where, what, what it is that he's given me to do. I just don't, I don't know where, where, that, where that works out. I don't see him working. I'd love to pray that God would fill you afresh with his spirit and you get that new sense of, yes, I'm part of this. I'm part of God's plan to make all things new wherever I go. I'd love to pray for you that you might believe that about yourself. And you know, there's some, some people who are like, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm just not sure what God's called me to. I don't know what it is that he's got for me specifically. I'd love to pray that God would bring a clarity just about the, the places he's put you and, and the things that he'd love to do through you and the people that he might put on your heart in those places. I'd love to pray There might be situations that you're aware of, that, uh, that you're involved in, and your, your heart's cry is, Jesus, you need to increase in this place. Or relationships where you're like, Jesus, we need your increase. I'd love you to come and let's pray. Jesus, you increase. And then just that filling of the Spirit afresh that rivers of living water might be, might pour through us, that we might have the life of God in us, that we might believe that the gifts of the Spirit and all the different things, the, the, the dreams and the desires and the passions that God has put us put in us might be released in the power of his Spirit for the advance of his kingdom. A- any of those things, Let's let's stand. If the band could come back up just for a minute, that would be brilliant. If we could just play as... If any of those things, if you're like, yep, yeah, I want to I respond to that, would you just come now? Let's fill up some of the space at the front. If you'd love just to, to respond to one of those things, say, God, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure what it is that you're doing in me, but I'd love you to speak to me. I'd love, you to, I'd love it to become more real, to know, yep, yeah, I'm being used by God. If you're in a situation where you know Jesus needs to increase, if you want to be filled afresh with the Spirit this morning, then why don't you come?